Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. Well, once again, we are excited to be here on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, our wonderful podcast, because, as is always the case, we have a super fantastic guest today. One of our very own is joining us. That is our Assistant Athletic Director of Student Life, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, we are excited. You have quite a history, and there's a lot to talk about. I'm really excited to have you on today because I've got a lot of questions for you. But before we get to that, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about how it is that you came to Westcliff and what your job entails here? All right. Um, so how I came to Westcliff, I first started out as one of the assistant women's basketball coaches. Um, originally, I graduated college in like 2018. And I got a job in Wyoming and I knew like that was just, you know, I need to step, get the door and coaching. Um, and, you know, like to be real, I didn't want to go to Wyoming, but it's like, okay, this is an opportunity. I'm, I'm not going to turn down an opportunity. So I was out there for a year. And when I was out there, like I knew I was like, okay, I can't, I can't stay out here. Um, so I was just looking for other jobs, anything in the sports world. Um, I knew I wanted to be an athletic director one day, but I thought, you know, while I'm in my twenties, I'm going to coach, maybe be a GA. Um, and then my dad, he actually knows Sean, um, Sean's son and my brother Coleman, they played AU together. So um, I've had Sean on Twitter for years. Uh, they've known each other for years. I never met him in person, but I knew of him. Um, and I was always away in college and stuff, so I never got to go to any of the games. So I never really saw him. But uh, my dad had sent me a DM and he was like, oh, you need to check out this job. And it was looking for just a GA um, for women's basketball. And he's like, it's in Irvine. He's like, I know Sean. He's like, you know of Sean. Uh, just apply for it. So I saw it. And I, at this point, I was applying any job I found that looked, you know, not in a place like Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. I was like, you know, what? I'm apply for it. This looks really cool. This looks like a great opportunity. You know, I searched the school. I couldn't really find anything on athletics there. Um, but I was like, whatever, I'm gonna, you know, uh, apply for it. And I applied. And then like, literally right away, Sean was like, Oh, this your resume is great. Um, the head coach is gonna hit you up. So then coach Kyle Rouse hit me up. And like right off the bat, like we got along great. It was a really good interview. It was via Zoom. And, you know, we talked about a lot of things and he had the kind of the same mindset as me. And then later on, I ended up getting the job out here. So yeah, really, because I, I know Sean, that's how I got the job out here. Well, and maybe my background, of course. <laughs> well, where did you start out? Where were you before? I mean, I know you were, you said Wyoming, but where did you mm -hmm. grow up? Oh, yeah. So um, the job in Wyoming was at a school called, a JUCO called Central Wyoming College. And then um, I grew up in Sacramento, California. So I started there. Um, I played basketball. I played three sports in high school. Basketball and volleyball were my main sports. As you guys know, I'm tall. So, you know, those are like basketball, volleyball, and track. Um, I ended up going to school in Indiana, a JUCO called Vincent University. Uh, great school. And then from there, I went to another NAIA school called uh, Wiley College. And between there, you know, I set out a little bit. I guess I could tell this part of my history um, and kind of why I wanted to be an athletic director. Um, so, you know, in high school, kind of like what Sean said about like the silver spoon aspect, we kind of talked about that earlier. You know, I was a 6'2 girl, so I was athletic, but, you know, I was kind of getting like, you know, people were, I was getting the upper hand in things, you know, always making teams, um, you know, and I was, you know, think, I put, I took things for granted. I didn't care about school. School was like the last thing on my mind. It was like, you know, sports. I did all these sports. I did club volleyball. I did two, I was on two AU basketball teams, track, and then my grades were not good. And at this time too, I went to Antelope High School. Um, it was a new school. So, you know, like our class, you know, it was the first graduated class. Um, and like, you know, sports were like a big deal at our school. So everyone was like going off to their schools. And I realized, I was like, wait, where am I going to go? Um, and I knew like I had horrible grades at this point. I was, I was always in summer school. I was that kid, like always in summer school. But some teachers, would, just because I played sports, you know, they would try to pass me or they, you know, I got like the upper hand. And then um, I realized I had to go JUCO. So that route is like kind of why I went to Indiana, you know a lot of the schools out here, I don't even know if they do even offer full rides. And at this point I'm getting like top D ones, like my dream school is recruiting me, talking to me, but I didn't have grades. So at that point, 
you know, I went to school in Indiana um, at Vincent's and that was a school where they gave you a full ride. They had a gym, they had like nice gyms. You know, it was like kind of like the D1 treatment of Juco life. Um, and I took a couple of visits to schools in Texas, everything. Same thing kind of happened there. Uh, bad grades. Uh, I really, at that point, it was like basketball was my number one priority, um, partying, boys, and then school's like the last thing. So, you know, at that point in time, the coach, he told me, you know, I'll give you another year here. This could be a redshirt year. So I already played there two years. Um, you know, I had, again, the same D1s. They would come, they flew out to see me, you know? And I'm just thinking, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to go D1. I don't, you know, like, that's always, obviously the dream. Um, and then, you know, I had coaches coming out, flying out to see, took, taking me out to dinner, you know, stuff like that. And I had like a one point something GPA. I had a horrible grades. And at that point, like my coach said, I'm bringing you back. Uh, redshirt year, we're going to get your grades up. And I still played around. I, I was like, okay, you know, I failed a couple classes. So at that school too, they paid for your plane tickets. So it was the end of the year. It was time to book our plane tickets. And he told me like the week before you'll book your plane ticket over the summer. You're going to stay here. You get like a couple weeks off, uh, but you'll be here over the summer. So I go into his office and my sister is kind of doing the same thing. Uh, she played volleyball too. She went to St. Juco as me. So she booked her ticket for the summer. So I come in and he's like, oh, you're leaving. And I was like, what? And then he was like, you know what? You're out. And I was like, well, I thought I was coming back. I thought I, he was like, no, I'm not helping you anymore. You lost, I gave you chance after chance and you lost your chance. So at that point, you know, I go home and like, I see all my friends are going off to their D1s, all my JUCO friends or, you know, other schools and I'm the only one that's at home. And my sister, she's going off to school, um, eventually going to a D1. And I'm just at home working at Forever 21 at this point. And, you know, I was like in the Hall of Fame at my high school. I'm this tall girl. I'm working at Forever 21, not knocking um, that because that helped me too. And I realized like, this is, you need to get your grades up. You need to get your life together. So, you know, I start, I took classes at like a local JUCO. Um, and then at that point, my grades again were so bad that I could only go in AI. So that's why like, I love NAI schools. Um, they gave me a second chance. And when I went to the school in Texas called Wiley College, my coach told me one slip up, you're gone. She knew my history. She knew I was a good player. So that's kind of like the reasoning why, why she brought me. Um, it's like at that point I had maybe two to three NAI schools, all my D1 schools, you know, they can't use me by. They're like, okay, we don't, they don't talk to me anymore. They, instead of taking me, they took one of my uh, teammates, you know, so stuff like that. So then at that point when I was at Wiley, I don't think I was ever below a 3.5. I realized, you know, that's when I realized I want to be an athletic director. I want to help kids like me who are, might have been struggling, but, you know, give someone a second chance. And, you know, that really helped me going there. And I'm really blessed that I got to that opportunity. So when I hear people, you know, kind of knocking NAIs, I, I always stand up for them. I love NAIs because if it wasn't for NAI, I would never even have a chance to play college sports. I wouldn't have got my school paid for, you know, I wouldn't be here. So, um, you know, that's kind of my history. Okay. My goodness. That was a lot. So, so as I was listening to that, you mentioned that your, one of your teammates went D1 and you didn't have that opportunity. Was that your seminal moment where you said, it's time to get my act together. I got to get on a different road or was it was something else in there? Did some other act happen or was that it? That was the light bulb that went on in your life right there that said, I got to make a change. Yeah, well, one was, it's just like, I got chance after chance. And then again, I kind of blew like five chances. And then, yeah, that's true. Like some of the D1s that came for me, you know, and the girl, she kind of had a similar situation as me. She was, when I first got there, she was a sophomore. So she stayed another year and she was just getting like her grades together to transfer. So, um, yeah, they saw her, she was tall and she got my scholarship, you know, uh, and I was like, dang, yeah, that was one of the things that hit me. And then it was just like, again, seeing all the guys team, like all the people that I started, you know, kind of like what Sean says in the trenches with, they all went off to other places and I'm at home, you know, working at the mall. So that's where like me, me folding clothes out for every 21, it hit me like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to go back to school. All my friends are on Instagram having the time of their lives. I'm back in Sacramento. So that's really where it hit me. Mm, okay. All right. Because, um, you know, you went from what your story <clears throat> sounds as though you went from almost down and out at the bottom to where you are now, not quite at the top. I mean, you still have some room to, to grow, but you're on the right path. And it was such a dramatic turnaround mm -hmm. from the first half 
to the second half. You know, you're it, it just it, it's astonishing because you're doing so well uh, and you're in charge of a, a lot at Westcliff, like the SAC, as an example, the SAAC. Uh, tell us a little bit about about what you're doing with our SAC and and SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Yeah, SAC. I love SAC. Um, I love working with SAC. And, you know, I got this opportunity over the summer. Um, you know, some of the things we're doing is we're just trying to find events and things to do during quarantine. Uh, it's been hard, you know, the student life at Westcliff, uh, you know, last year we had rallies. They had a lot of things going on. And then this year it's like, okay, we're in quarantine, just like every other school. And then, you know, some schools, they actually get to do stuff in person. They get, you know, they have the privilege of getting tested. The athletes every day, every week, we don't have that privilege. So SAC really, we're building and preparing for next year. But, uh, you know, we're also just like, let's try to find things to get the students involved as much as we can. And, you know, we want to start doing, we did a little community service. Um, we want to do more community service and just put Westcliff on the map more, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's one moment that uh, sticks out in my mind uh, early when you had you were not just brand new at Westcliff, but we had an event um, on the campus, and we were sort of dressing up a little bit. And you, uh, you know, I had I didn't know you very well, but you had on heels, and you walked past me, and you you I was intimidated. And I even asked you about your perhaps playing after your after college, you know, and I, you just look larger than life to me when you walked past me. So you said you're six, two. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. OK, so you played college sports. Did you have an opportunity or did you think or did you want to go on and maybe play professionally somewhere? If it's not in the WNBA, uh, chances elsewhere. Did you have your eye on that? Um, yeah, so, you know, starting out, that was definitely the goal. Um, and I did have a couple opportunities, uh, just overseas stuff, but at this point in time, you know, I set out a year and I registered a year when I was at Wiley, I was more like, okay, well, I want to start my career and I want to do something to help other athletes. So that's kind of where that went. I kind of pushed it back and, you know, my dad played overseas. So it was like, put my brain, like you're going to play professional, you want to play overseas, but I just, at that point in time, I realized like I want to start doing something to help other student athletes in my situation or like different situations. Right. Okay. So now that you have this position, um, and I, you know, as you've mentioned, this has been a challenging year in in a lot of ways, obviously. But uh, there's there's hope on the horizon. Things are starting to open up. Our our sports teams are returning to uh, the field for practice. Um, what is the uh, focus now for yourself personally, and also maybe SAC or um, what you're trying to achieve over the next, say, six to 12 months? All right. Um, so for SAC and myself, I guess, one, like you said, things are opening up just more student life. I feel like, especially at our school, you know, our, all of our seasons got canceled. I want next year, hopefully, uh, to just be fun. I know, like, we all play college sports. When you look back, like, that was the time of my life. Yeah, I went through my challenges. Maybe I had a little too much fun, but, you know, it, I just, it was a great opportunity. There's a lot of people, things. I met so many cool people. I did different events. So that's what I'm kind of focused on is making the student life better at Westcliff and, you know, having fun events for the kids to do. And then also for the kids to have a voice and a say. And that's kind of where, like, I love SAC because the kids, they'll give their opinion um, on just the little things that we can do now. Um, they're the ones that are like, we want to do this. And I just want to bring like their ideas and their life. I want to bring it, you know, out. I want to let them shine and let them have a chance to do things. So, mm. Sure, Matt. Yeah, please. <clears throat> I just want to put a little bit of this in context. So right now we got Taylor Hawkins, our assistant AD of student life. And most of our listeners have heard her story, which is amazing. Number one, to be able to own your challenges and be able to persevere through them is amazing. First off, imperfect is perfect. See, you can be broken crayon still color. Yeah. And that's the reason why she's so valuable in this position. But let me just digress a little bit. Taylor Hawkins come from basketball royalty. Her mom and her dad are prominent in the community of Sacramento. His dad is from SAC, graduated of uh, San Diego State University where he played basketball, 
all of her siblings have played collegiate athletics. Not just played, but are prospering and dominating. So you heard her story about the challenges of being focused, which happens to so many student athletes. But what we don't hear is how you be able to bounce back, right? From a loss and turn that loss into a win. Turn those lemonade, turn those lemons into lemonade. And she's been able to do that. So not only did she go through the challenges and was hungry and focused and found her way, which most student athletes do, because very few, less than a percent, go on to play the pros at any level after college. She said, hey, I'm going to give back. I'm going to share my story so others don't have to go through it. And if they do go through it, I have enough experience because I've been through it to help them out. So when she came to us as an assistant coach, she worked the tail off. They had a great season. And then she came in as a coordinator. And then from there, six months later, she made it to a senior coordinator. And then six months later, because of her hard work, enthusiasm, and skill set, and her desire to do more, she made it to assistant athletic director of student life to one of the fastest growing student populace that's in Southern California for sure, but probably in the NAIA, hands down. Now she's thriving in the toughest time frame that can possibly be for any student athlete, uh, athletes during the time of a pandemic. So I am extremely um, proud of her. She's been amazing. She's been resilient. She's persevered through challenges. She's able to come on, on this podcast today and speak her truth. Not many people can do that, Sherm. Not many people can do that. But she's owning it. And not only is she's owning it, she's thriving into her space. So I am... We're, we're, when I say I am, because I am, because who we are at West Cliff Athletics, we're fortunate to have her on the staff and a part of what we do. And she earned it every bit of the way. So that's why it's so amazing when you hear this story, because this athletes right now, not only um, at West Cliff Athletics, but all across this globe who have been there. They've been there already. They've blown opportunities. Their talent got them in places that they probably shouldn't have been. And then they hit a crossroad. And when they hit that crossroad, they didn't have another opportunity. So some of them went home and got into some mischievous things. Some of them might have ended up in jail on drugs, folded it up, couldn't figure it out. But we have a person here who's been through all of those dynamics that life throws at you, because that's what we're talking about, Sharon. We're talking about life. And sometimes as coaches, we just think about X's and O's. But part of our job and majority of the job is teaching young folks, young adults, life skills when we're talking about amateurism. And I can't think of a better person to be able to support our athletics department regarding student life than Taylor Hawkins. So everyone has baggage. Maybe we should uh, learn how to teach each other how to carry it. And uh, she's a prime example of that. So I just wanted to go on record and say that. <clears throat> well, that is extremely well said. You know, I've known Taylor now for a little over a year and, and, uh, never in a bad mood. I've, I, you know, I've always seen her up and uh, kind of a go-getter and ready to face the day. And, you know, I'm kind of interested in a little bit more in your history, Taylor. How many siblings do you have? I have four. I'm the oldest of four kids. Oh, okay. Okay. Three, so, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and are you, a? is your entire family a basketball family? Yes. So yeah, I'm the oldest. Um, my sister, first sister played, uh, Ashley played at the University of Illinois she worked for the Clippers. Now she's a basketball trainer. Uh, mm -hmm. My sister Bailey, she plays at a Division II uh, in Wichita, Kansas. And then my brother, he plays at the University of Illinois. So, yeah. Holy cow. And did your parents play? Obviously, your 
your parents are pretty athletic, I would imagine, since your whole family's athletic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my mom and dad, they met at a JUCO actually in Kansas uh, called Colby, Kansas. And then um, my dad went on to playing um, at San Diego State. My mom, she didn't play anymore. So she played like a year. But yeah, they did play. Um, and, you know, it was like basketball is just always in my life. I knew like that's all I knew when I was a kid was basketball. You yeah. Know? OK, so now I have a question about your brother, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, he may have shown up on television the other night. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Um, you know, Coleman, <laughs> he's always, he's just like really goofy. Um, he's a freshman at the University of Illinois. So, you know, um, they show him a lot on the bench, you know, he does his, um, just, he's very like me, like he's very, um, enthusiastic. Uh, he didn't, I don't know. He just got like super excited and was doing the most, you know, with one of his teammates, uh, they did something cool and ESPN kind of highlighted that. So for me, I'm just like, ah, oh, typical Coleman, you know, everyone's thinking it's funny. I'm just like, this is like, you should see Coleman at home. He, like Sean said, he's like this every everywhere he goes. He's like this. He's he doesn't care who's around. He's gonna be himself. So yeah, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, typical Coleman. Is it cool yeah. to see him on television, on national television like that? Yeah. So you know, like Coleman, my brother is. You know, I'm six two, like we talked about, and my sisters are about six foot, but he is like six ten. So to me, like he's still like my little brother. You know, he's tall, but like every time I came home from college, I'm like, okay, whoa, like you're taller than me, but like everyone looks at him like, Oh my God, Coleman Hawkins. And I'm just like, that's my little brother, you know? So mm -hmm. it's cool to see him, but I still look at him as like the disgusting little brother, you know, like, Ew, get away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is cool to see him, you know, um, get a little spot in the spotlight. Um, you know, it's, it's cool mm. to see that. Hey, Sherm, yeah. Sherm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh-huh. Phenomenal. I mean, he was a quarterback in high school. As well, I mean, a great quarterback in high school. Hmm. And then, you know, now he's a stretch four, you know, playing for the fighting alumni. He he's going to be an NBA prospect in a pick, no doubt about it. He, oh, he yeah. strokes the ball. Um, it sky's the limit for him. I'm excited for him, but he is full of energy, full of joy. But it's nothing greater than getting captured on the sideline when you just you know rooting your your teammates on. You know, and that's always been him, you know, since I've known him. So he's been a great, great player, but he's more than that. He's a great person, you know, and that all stems from um, Taylor's uh, parents. They're just phenomenal. They're awesome family, you know, originally from the shy. And then yeah. they, they came to SAC and took it over. So mm -hmm. when you're talking about girls sports or basketball, you know, in Northern Cal, you know, it, it's not – it's going to be hard pressed to find anybody that don't know the Hawkins family. Mm -hmm. That's flat out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Sean, you have a unique perspective on my last question as well, because you get to watch your son on television when you're not in the arena. Uh, is it, uh, what is it like for you watching, watching your son um, on national television, doing his thing and, and of course being as successful as they are. You know, it was always kind of interesting. My parents, it was a little surreal for my parents when they saw me on television. Now, I'm going back a long way. This is, you know, ESPN was brand new back then. So were, were, Was ESPN around? Yeah, th thanks sure very you much. went on the uh, worldwide of sports? I mean, it was, I think. It was 1985, 86. ESPN was around in 79. Oh. They didn't oh. show anything live. It was all on tape delay. Yeah, That's tape, how long tape delay. I mean, in exactly. VHS and beta, right? I get it. Uh, um we 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 still got your player profile on microfish. I get it, man. Uh, but it's it's a, it's okay. But uh no, I'm just teasing sure. Uh for me to answer that question, it is surreal in in one sense, and then the other part of it is every time I see him lace it up on TV, you know, I think about every rep that was put in, all the sacrifices, how obedient he has been, and how he's just scratching the surface. But that's what I think about because I've always been my son's trainer. You know, so it's been a journey since he's was eight, eight, nine years old, right? So I just think of all of those things, and and then the second thing is like they don't even know who this guy is. You know, um, the Zag fans have no clue what they invested in yet. They haven't even got a chance to see him. You know, um, and and we're sitting on an undefeated season, and he hasn't even been activated. You know, so I think about those things and how humble he is and how um, incredibly proud I am because you got to get it 
to be able to have his talent and be able to sit and be great and be a great teammate because arguably he can go anywhere and he could have started right off the bat. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But God's focus and, and, and journey for him was different. And I'm glad that he gets it. But that's that's what I think about. I think about all those early mornings and late nights. I think about those reps, all that sweat equity. And then a part of me is kind of apparent because, you know, I'm in this business and I know it's a business, you know, so, um, you know, so maybe I don't enjoy it so much as a parent because I'm in this business. So maybe I'm a little robbed from just being a happy dad. And I'm hoping if his career goes to the to the next level of professional, you know, basketball, not just, you know, the league, you know, talking about the NBA, but just overseas or whatever. I think at that point, I can feel like I can put the baton down a little bit and just cheer. But it's, it's really hard for me to do that. Well, let me, let me ask you as a, you know, you mentioned that you've been his trainer, his coach. Uh, I had the same thing with my father. If you have that great relationship, that father son relationship where your father is the first person who introduces you to your favorite sport and he coaches you along the way, was it difficult to give up the reins? Mm -mm. No. Cause you know, for me, I, I never had ego and pride about it, you know? So it was about his journey. I didn't have to live vicariously through him, you know, um, I'm doing my own thing, you know, I know, I know, you know but, so. but there came a point where you had to say, you know, Dom, look, I'm, I'm not going to be your coach anymore. I got to let you go to the next person. You know, and yeah. You know, I, I think, um, okay. To that point, it was easy because I had great people that I know was going to pour into them. So yeah. I think it's good when you know that you have great people like, you know, dream vision, you know, AU, you know, I mean, compared to, to AAU, because it is challenges and things, and, you know, that can be yep. a little, um, you know, crazy because of all the opportunity and different demographics and things. But I felt like uh, Clayton Williams and Dream Vision was good, um, a spot for him and great men, you know, the, the, the pour into him, James, um, you know, Warren was a big instrumental, like all of them, this, this family, I've been there for over four years, which is unheard of and uh, for you to stay at one AAU team. And then handing them over to Mark Few is a no-brainer. I mean, we, we did, we had that relationship. That relationship's now has been four years strong since Dom had, you know, um, verbally committed so early in the game. So I felt like, you know, I, I don't have to look in the oven, you know, to make sure the cake is rising. It's rising. Now, um, because I'm so involved, Sherm, in the other aspects of the business, every summer I have them, right? So that's that's when we get to pro business. Like right now in season, you know, that's the Zags business. But as soon as school's over, now it's back to, you know, you know, pro business, us getting him prepared for the next level and, and making sure that he's adding to his craft. So I guess I'm indirectly now, not directly. You know, and, and that transition has been uh, easy for me because I get the big picture. I mean, you know, being a dean of athletics, how don't you get the big picture if you're doing this job at the highest level? I mean, I understand what teamwork, team dynamics is and, and culture. So I respect those things. And, and because I respect those things and I'm bought in to the Zag culture, you know, I believe. So when you believe you don't have – attention. You just know that um, you're waiting for opportunity to meet preparation. You know, and that's where we at right now. Mm. And when I look at Coleman Hawkins, knowing the work that he's put in, knowing the pedigree that he's came from and the great team that he's on with the fighting alumni, I know it's just, he's just waiting for opportunity to meet preparation as well. And um, those kids, young men right now, because they're young men, have a lot in front of them and a great opportunity. And I'm just um, happy to witness wherever God takes them. But at, at the end of the day, they're great young men, regardless mm -hmm. of what they do uh, athletically. Yeah, yeah, well said. Hey, Taylor, question for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, when you were growing up, did you and your siblings roughhouse basketball in the backyard? Did you beat yeah. up on each other? 
Yeah, well, actually, so uh, we grew up and the house that I grew up in had a court in the backyard. So like my dad would have basketball practice and the neighborhood kids would even come and we would do, you know, like the basic layup line, stuff like that. But we would always play one on one. Um, even like my little brother, you know, he's the youngest. So him and Bailey, um, the middle one, they would go at it all the time. Like I remember one time Bailey beat Coleman and he's crying. But yeah, we would go at it. We would fight, you know, every game, no matter what, Monopoly, anything, it would turn into a fight. But we still have fun. So, yeah, we definitely did that. So you were competitive with your siblings and probably yes. still are. Are you still? Yeah, uh, we play Sorry, Monopoly, you know, all that stuff. And again, <laughs> usually someone's mad or turning into a fight. Someone cheated. But yeah, we, we're very competitive. So what is this? What is the difference of years between you and your brother? How much older are you? I want to say eight years. Eight okay. To, yeah, seven, okay. eight. So... Is, do you have the opportunity as a family, because the four of you are fairly spread out, to mm -hmm. all be in the same place at the same time? I mean, is that in the summer or do you have an opportunity? And when you do, do you play hoop? Do you, do you guys hoop still? Um, yeah. So like, like right when I graduated high school, that's when like things, the dynamic changed, obviously, because I was gone. And then I have a sister a year younger than me. So it's really over the summers. But I haven't even seen him since like he graduated because they had to go to Illinois and, you know, they, in that state, there's no fans at the games, anything, uh, cause of COVID. So yeah, like he wasn't even home for Christmas, which was weird. Um, you know, like you said, summers, uh, maybe Christmas break would be the times we see each other. It's at this point, it's getting rare for all of us to be in the same spot at the same time. Um, my sister, the one, a year younger than me just moved to the Bay. So, it, you know, she lived out here. So yeah, it actually is a rare, actually during COVID, I got to see my family like way more because I'm able to work from home. So for like Christmas break, Thanksgiving, I would stay longer, um, which was actually cool besides Pullman, obviously. And yeah, here and there we do. Um, again, sometimes it does lead to fights or like who's, you know, people ask like, who's better? Who do you think this? Um, stuff like that. But for the most most part, yes, as a family, we still do. We still play together. You know, Pullman's friends will come out, Bailey's friends. Uh, we we still do. What it's about hard your... Pullman though. He is six. Yeah, like, you yeah. can bully him, but he's yeah. like huge now. So it's like, ugh. What about your, my team. <laughs> does your father still play with you guys? Yeah, him and Cole, he doesn't really play with us girls um, anymore. More of like the older people or like our cousins. Uh, Coleman and my dad, they like do like a, like a weekend league or something like that. Uh, you know, getting like a high school gym. But yeah, I don't really play with him anymore. But, you know, sometimes he would do workouts with us. Um, but but, but recently, yeah. you know. <laughs> but your your parents are still active. They they still compete and they and they still play when they can. Yeah, uh, definitely my dad more than my mom. Um, he still plays whenever, you know, he's always trying to get in the gym. He loved, loves golfing, so that's kind of like his newest thing. And my mom, you know, here and there, but hers is more just like for fun. My, you know, the other people, there's like a more serious group, and then there's the fun group. My mom will be just like for fun. <laughs> mm, my goodness. So there's, it sounds as though no matter your spot in life, you're going to have that competitive nature between your siblings for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm, okay. I have one older sister and we were never competitive. She's not all that athletic. So I never had that. I never grew up with that. You know, it was. But yeah, she still beat you though. Sure. So it's all. <laughs> she's, um, she, she's five feet tall. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. I, I got and, lucky. And she's she, this and tiny she little thing. You. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure we got the video. Microsoft. Something. Okay. Okay. Some VHS. Right. All right. Yeah. On the, I think eight track. Eight track. <laughs> you still got an eight track player? Um, I, you know what? There might be an old one in the garage out there somewhere. I think hey, I got watch some. Out. I think I got village people on eight track ooh, out there ooh. somewhere. That and maybe Carlos Santana. I'm not I, sure. I might got Billy Ocean in the, in the, in the garage. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, among <laughs> others. Oh, that's funny. That brings back a lot of memories right there. That's awesome. It sure oh, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, our guest today is our assistant athletic director of student life at Westcliff. That is Taylor Hawkins. Um, you know, Taylor, I, since we've had the chance to work from home, you know, we haven't seen each other very much. In fact, we haven't seen anybody face to face very much. We're working mm -hmm. on we're working on Zoom a great deal, and hopefully, sometime soon, we're going to be uh, back at it. We're going to be face to face now. Over last summer, we were fortunate enough to move into a new campus, and our campus is magnificent. You know, we have two campuses now. The old building is housing the Western State College of Law, our new building, and, and a few other things. Our new building and, and complex is outstanding. 
Uh, it's just, it's brand new. It's got all the bells and whistles and it's going to accommodate us well. How is the new campus going to help you do your job? Um, I think it's going to help me do my job a lot. You know, the new campus is huge, like the outside area. Um, you know, we did that like scavenger hunt. We had a coaches event and we can do things outside. I feel like, you know, the old campus, we didn't really have that. We had the warehouse, but there wasn't anything outside we can do. Um, I feel like we can do like barbecues. We can do lunch things. Um, and I just feel like, you know, it's new and it's way bigger than outside space. I feel like that's going to help me a lot um, with my job next year. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. You know, it would seem like when we get back on campus, we have this great courtyard with all these things. We got a basketball hoop. We got miniature golf. Uh, you know, we got a, all these, uh, there's a restaurant out there. It seems like it would be a great meeting spot for SAC. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Okay. It looks amazing out there. So I'm excited. Yeah. For we are all excited about the new campus. We've, we've actually moved in it for uh, about 10 months or so, maybe a little less, nine months. We just haven't had the chance to use it yet. So we're all excited about it, you know, and even our coaches' offices, <laughs> we haven't had the chance to utilize those so much. The, the point I'm making is that this, uh, as we're speaking, this is one year now, one year since the, uh, the pandemic kind of put everything on hold for uh, not just the world, but in particular, Westcliff University. And let me ask you, Taylor, what have you learned about you and doing your job having to do it from home and do it over Zoom that you're going to be able to apply when we do get back on campus. I mean, things are not going to be the same. Hopefully we can bounce forward. I don't want to bounce back. I want to bounce forward. So what will be different for you? Um, yeah, well, I actually started my career in the middle of like right when COVID hit, you know, right when the season was over, I was still kind of transitioning. And then I kind of got my role um, and discovered my role. So I guess that's something, you know, I learned, I learned to like, it's, I guess we're capable of working from home. Maybe there's a day I can't go in the office. I can still get my work done. Definitely time management. You know, there's been days, I'm not going to lie. It's like the TV's right there or whatever, you know, but it's like, get, get your work done. Kind of like what I learned throughout my college career, get your work done. And then you can uh, have that. And then, you know, just being creative, thinking of ideas, looking at different schools. What do they do? Let's spin our, get our own West Cliff spin on it. So that's kind of, you know, something that I've learned is just like anything's possible, you know, um, especially since we have this virtual setting, we can do anything. We had a speed dating event, you know, uh, we had different events where it's like we had a Netflix and chill. Um, so yeah, just being creative. And again, anything's possible, you know? Hmm. Excellent. Um, do, by any chance, I think I know the answer to this. I'm just kind of curious. Does our head women's basketball coach, Kyle Rouse invite you to work out with the team? Um, actually, yeah, Casey and Kyle, they always, you know, hit me up, um, or they're like, we missed you come back. Um, I, I'm just like, I gotta talk to Sean about that. But yeah, they do, especially they don't really have like a post coach. So they want me and they're like blocking shots or, you know, kind of beating up on the girls. So they ah. did before, you know, everything got shut down. You be doing me, the uh, Matumbo? I'm sorry. <laughs> doing the Matumbo. No, 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 no. Not in my house. <laughs> yeah, um, Casey just hit me up because I think everyone got approved to, you know, like have a, a more practices. Um, and she's like, we're doing, we're able to do five on five. And she's like, you need to come. These are the dates. I'm like, well, I have to talk to Sean first and see if I'm allowed to, you know, go out there and stuff. But yeah. Hmm. Very cool. About to go out there and give them some student life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you, is there a, is there a team that you follow, uh, whether it's in WNBA or NBA or any other sport? Are you a fan of a certain team? Um, well, right now I'm following my brother's team. Uh, you know, I never really watched Illinois like that, but now, you know, I watch every game, uh, definitely. And pro wise, you know, this year I kind of fell off watching pros just with life, you know, I'm in grad school right now. Um, but my main team used to be the Lakers. I am a huge Kobe fan. And, um, sometimes it's more about like, you know, I just watch people. I used to love Skylar Diggins, um, Steph Curry, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, this year I haven't really, it's more like I watch my brother's games. I try to watch my sister's games. And then I, you know, I've been really busy. So I haven't really like truly followed an NBA team this year. Okay. Let me ask you a quick WNBA trivia. Sean, I think you already know this. Okay. Which, which, no, no, it's not so hard, but I want to see if you know this. Taylor, which WNBA team won the first four consecutive WNBA championships? Uh, the LA Sparks. <laughs> Wish. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sean, I know you know the answer. You get uh, one sure. more. I, you yeah, you get I one do. more shot at this, Taylor. Um, how about this? Whatever team Lisa Leslie was on. 
Ah, not quite. This one, but you know, it was a girl named, you know, Coop that was doing her thing, and and Tina with the lipstick, baby. Mm -hmm. Does that help you, Cynthia Cooper? Does that Uh, help you, Taylor? You can answer this one. I said, Houston Comets. Oh, wow. Absolutely, absolutely, the Houston Comets. Hey, so let me ask you, Taylor, when you were um, growing up and you were watching a lot of basketball, and you know the WNBA was already around, you know they were making great strides. Did you have uh, a player? I, I know you said you're a big Kobe fan and Skylar Diggins. Was there anybody else that was kind of your idol growing up? Um, you know, um, Odara, the speaker that came to the Five C event, she kind of talked about this too you know i grew up in the social media days but you know it wasn't like popping you know like it is now especially with sports but i'm gonna be honest i really you know i went to a couple of WNBA games but it wasn't like it was like more like nba like everything is focused on men's sports so i kind of watched more volleyball um you know misty may and carrie wash um you know beach volleyball yeah, sports yeah. uh then WNBA, you know, I went to the Monarchs were in Sacramento. They they're not a part of Sacramento anymore. I went to a couple Monarchs games. Um, I watched them, but you know, it wasn't really to like you know Brittany Griner, people like that. And you know, it got kind of more like in the spotlight on social media with me growing up is when I started watching uh, WNBA more. Right, right. My goodness, you know, it it is interesting the crossover between basketball and volleyball. Right. Uh, yeah, there are a lot. You know, Will Chamberlain being as famous as any of them, but there are a lot of great basketball players who also play volleyball. Oh, by the way, Cynthia Cooper was the very first WNBA player inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Just want to just want to throw that out there. Been I, so I think, many, I think so many great players. Because you know that's you know that's Taylor's uh nickname T Bop. Oh, she she can explain that to you but yeah um, T Bop how come I haven't heard know, that you know but but I think she's a little uh too young to remember the you know Cheryl Swoops and and yeah. uh, Squalls and all those you know dominant figures out there you know in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how about a lady named Cheryl Miller who might have been better than all of them? Ooh, yeah, I actually ooh, met Coach nice. Miller um, yeah. when I was on my journey to you know other schools. She coached at Langston University. Uh, so I went out there on a visit and coach Miller was really, she was goofy. You know, I'm scared. I was like, Oh my God, coach Miller, you know, Cheryl Miller. But when I met her, she was hella cool. You know, like she was funny, goofy. She didn't like put any pressure on me. Like I didn't, didn't end up going to her school. They were in, actually in my conference. When I saw her, she's like, Hey, what's up Taylor? You know, coach Miller. Yeah. She was very nice. I really liked to talk to her. Ever did it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Cheryl swoops was the first, female basketball player to have her own shoe the mm-hmm. nike the nike air swoops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of great information here this is you know the the wnba obviously plays in the shadows um you know they they are the premier women's basketball league in the world they don't get as much recognition you know they don't have the television contract that some of the other sports do they're making strides they're obviously a lot better off now than they were and they're going to continue to get better and get more marketing and get uh but the cool thing is is that the players now have the voice that they didn't have before Mm -hmm. um yeah you know you've got sue bird as an example um and that and it also helps by having someone like megan rapino in your corner as well um, but, you know, the, the strides that women are making, not just in sports, but in general, um, you know, it, it's, it's not equal yet, but we're certainly getting there. We're certainly a lot closer than we ever have been. And, uh, you know, the, the, the acceptance in the world these days with the Black Lives Matter um, and uh, LGBTQ plus, I think. Okay, I don't want to leave anybody out. I, I, I got to make sure I'm up on all of my initials. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's just from, I'm an older guy, obviously. So, you know, oh, I, we I, re- know that. I remember, <laughs> I remember, yeah, but I, I, I can remember it years ago before the WNBA and before women's sports were getting this big and we have breakthroughs. Like um, we have women that are now full fledged referees in the NFL full time, you know, where we didn't have that. And you see them on the basketball court refereeing games. And so they're not just the players, but they're also slowly becoming owners. Jeannie Buss. I mean, she's, she's the example that she can set for, for everybody like that. Do you have Taylor? I guess what I'm getting at is, is there anybody off the court of play who you look at like a Jeannie Buss or somebody and you say, yeah, that that's where I want to go. 
Um, you know, in a sense, um, this is not, no one like famous, uh, but you know, I, like I told you guys, I always wanted to be an athletic director. And I remember when I was in Wyoming, the head coach I worked for, she was uh, wanting to be one too. And we were just like looking at the percentage of women in athletics. Um, and then, you know, women being athletic directors and then women of color being athletic directors. And it's very small. So uh, my friend Tyler, she works at UCI and her athletic director is a black woman. So, you know, just like people like that, you know, uh, where it's like, okay, those are role models for me what I want to do in my career, like, you know, how they get here, what, what strides do they have to take to get that opportunity? Cause there's not a lot of opportunity for, again, black women to be an athletic director. So, you know, people like that is really who I look up to um, okay. in certain situations. So do you have somebody who you would call a mentor? Really? My mentor would probably be my father. Um, you know, he, all the stories that I told, um, he's always been there to push me, uh, you know, like, and, basically put in my head when I was a little kid, like anything can happen, anything's possible. So I would say my father, you know, anytime I need advice about work or something, um, I can always go to him and he will lead me in the correct direction. So, you know, I would say my dad. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I started writing a little bit and I realized that the biggest, obviously the biggest influence in my family uh, with my father over myself, my sister, my mom, all of us. Um, and I come from a smaller family. Sean, do you come from a bigger family or a smaller family? How many siblings do you have? Mm. Uh, I want to say five. You, so there are six, six of you. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I don't do the half brother, half sister, but sure. Sure. You know, I have that going on. Okay. But uh, where are you in the line? Are you older, younger, in the middle somewhere? I think I would be in the middle of, you know, the blended okay. siblings, but I'm the oldest. Okay, got it. Mama. All right. Did you did you roughhouse with your with your siblings? Yeah, because I was I had a six year gap between my sister and a twelve year gap between one of my younger brothers. So yeah. Ah, okay. So, so it was, but it was more work because I was expected to watch them and everything else. Yeah. You know? Okay. That was my question. I mean, did you beat on them a little bit or did, did I'm you sure, like an older brother or did, I'm or sure it was uh, more of a protector, some, some tough times around the house, <laughs> <laughs> depending on if they were listening or not, you know, some tough times around the yeah, house. Yeah. It was some tough times around the house <laughs> okay. that, I, that I can say that I'm not proud of. <laughs> but okay. but as i got wiser i've been the protector yeah all right so that was my question then to taylor as well taylor you said that you're the oldest one of the four right yes i am okay so did you take on that protector role of your siblings or did you show them what's what yeah you know uh again i have one that's literally a year younger than me so it's kind of like twins like taylor and ashley growing up but i would say yeah you know i'm really immature uh goofy so Ashley kind of was like, you know, the more serious one um, in a sense, but like now definitely protector, uh, even like, I think Sean knows this too, just seeing like, you know, my brother, he's a freshman. Um, he was on like a little reality show, a YouTube show, you know, like, it's like, wow, like people are haters of like high school kids, you know, like you see some comments, you see some things I try to reframe from wanting to like cuss people out on the internet, but you know, you see that stuff or like, you know, your friends will make comments like, oh, your brother didn't get PT, you know, stuff like that. And I, you know, sometimes I have to hold it back because the older sister in me just wants to like pounce on them and be like, what, what are you talking about? Say things, you know, sometimes I do respond to the comments. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think protector for sure. Definitely. Hmm. Okay. So how involved are you with um, social media? Um, I would say me personally, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I love Twitter, TikTok. Snapchat. I'm not really an IG person. I was, um, and I kind of fell off just mainly Twitter, but I'm very involved in social media. Okay. Hey, Sherm, Sherm, yeah. are you talking about Taylor or are you talking to T-Bob? Cause you know, she has an alter ego. So oh you my God. I don't, I don't know, know who you're asking. I don't know T-Bob. You know, okay. you know <laughs> asking here. Cause I don't know who you're talking to. Are we talking to Taylor right now? We're we talking to T-Bob. Tell me about T-Bob. Well, T-Bob had to fall back on social media, you know, back in the college days, a little, you know, say what I, whatever I want, but, you know, as you get older, uh, you have to refrain. So now I'm more of like a retweeter. I don't really go out of my way to tweet things, but yeah, T-Bob's falling back, just, you know, watching Taylor shine, I guess. Lean back, lean back. 
All right. Sean, have you embraced social media? Um, you know what? Um, uh, yeah, I guess I have, you know, embraced it uh, just for the simple fact that, um, you know, um, just, you know, with my son being out there, I guess both, you know, all of my, my kids. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, monitor that to a point. Um, well, I follow so, your, I follow you on Instagram. Some of your, your for my people is one of them, right? Yeah. 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 And that's everybody, you know, it's all inclusion there, but um, I'm definitely uh, for my people for sure. Um, I, I, I'm probably more on the positive side, but I'm a realist. So um, I don't sugarcoat much. So you'll see on all of my social media that my opinions are my own and not a reflection of, you know, Westcliff Athletics because, you know, I own, you know, my own space and I believe in speaking truth to power. So, you know, that's kind of where I, where I sit regarding social media. Okay. All right then. Yeah. It's, it, so it's, it's almost, business media for me. Sure. I call yeah. it business media. It's so. sort of necessary. I mean, it helps expand your reach and get the word out about whatever you're your uh, focus is. I mean, if it's Westcliff, sure. You know, we've got hundreds and thousands of followers on all of our sports programs now and our platforms. And so social media helps with that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we are winning in that space. You know, I think the SIDs are doing a great job. I think, you know, uh, under Katie's leadership, you know, have done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, Brandon Peterson, uh, his lens is, is, is iconic. The things we're able to capture, the, the way we portray our student athletes uh, individually and collectively on their teams, I believe is unmatched. Um, so I'm really excited um, what we have, have done regarding that space. I think we are still polished and professional, but we got an ear to the streets and we get a little gritty. And um, that's how sports is. You know, it's, it's like two cultures uh, collashing into one. And I think we do a good job of, of uh, really highlighting both, but yet understanding what our responsibilities are as, as journalists, you know, for the SIDs and, and, and what image we need to portray. So I'm really excited about it. Hmm. Okay. Let me, let me switch gears here a little bit because we're uh, just getting underway with one of the most exciting athletic events that there is. And that of course is March Madness. Yay. Yay. Yeah, that's that's the tournament. So as it stands now, the uh, undefeated WCC champions, uh, number one team in the nation, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, are. Do we have any idea when they're playing next? And Sean Taylor, are you going to go? Are you going to be able to go and be in the arena? Well, I know, I, I know, I don't have a clue um, when the Zags play. So when does the fighting alumni play? Um, they play next, I want to say Friday, the 18th. Um, and yes, I will be going. I leave Thursday. Um, my dad's, like Sean mentioned, my dad's from Chicago and uh, the tournament's hosted in Indianapolis, which is about two hours away. So my whole family is going to Chicago. Then we're going to drive up there. Uh, hopefully they keep winning. And again, I get to work from a virtual space. So it's great because I'm able to do things that I maybe not could have done before COVID. So yeah, I will be there. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Illinois, the Fighting Illini, are they still in their conference tournament? Uh, yeah, I think they have a game tomorrow. Um, their first conference tournament game tomorrow. Okay. All right then. And they're they're a good team anyway. They're probably going to get no matter what happens, they should get in that large bid, wouldn't they? Yes, well, and they're ranked like number four, so they're okay. they're doing good. Yeah, yeah they might I think be they got the most seed. the most quad one wins right now. Oh wow! Okay, um, yeah. So I think they got they, they might also have the most quad one losses too, but we're not going there. <laughs> but I'm just saying it would um, be exciting if somehow the Fighting Illini met the Bulldogs. Listen here. So um, unfortunately, COVID kind of messed that up, but Coleman and Dom was in the same building when they were playing against West Virginia in that tournament. But since we got, you know, knocked out and couldn't play Baylor and Don was under uh, COVID protocol. Yeah. You know, um, but they were, they were, they were close at that point, hmm. you know, well, but, well, but this is all family regardless. It, this would be great if, if they each got a number one seed, obviously the Zags are going to do that. 
yeah. and and they make it to the to the semifinals to the final four. Hey, Illinois is tough, man. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's going to be a tough matchup, a tough matchup. I mean, they got great players. They can stretch it. They play great defense. Play with a lot of energy. I mean, every time I'm turning around, they stomp on the floor saying roadkill. Don't think I'll watch. <laughs> you know, that's family over there. You know, that's Coleman over there. I got to watch that. So I'm, I've been keeping up with him all the way through. You know, that's family to me. You know, but yeah, they be they be uh they be calling out roadkill, man. They got some impressive wins. Uh they're gonna be a handful for whoever um they play. So um although the fan in you, Sherm, would like to see that collision, I'd rather not, to be honest. I'd rather not see that. Okay. Um, let them go ahead and beat on somebody else. We'll, <laughs> we we don't got time for that. I need, yeah, I know, but you I, know, I need an easy ride. If okay? you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So That's what they say. But yeah. if you, the last person standing gets the ring, Sherm, and you've been the last person standing, and it doesn't matter how you get there. But I somewhere along the line, you're going to play some good teams. You're, oh you're, yeah, no, absolutely. No two ways around. Where where are they holding the entire thing in Indiana? They I believe are. so, right, Sean? Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. and um, they playing in like i think like five different um arenas right and then you know because indiana has so much um basketball history oh gosh they, yeah. they they playing in some some prominent you know arenas as well absolutely you know so that's gonna make it super although, super fun yeah although indiana basketball is struggling a little bit now they are but, they are yeah. yeah they are for sure and, and I, I mean the university i should i should yeah 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 but yeah because yeah, if you think about you know, Larry Bird, 3-3 out there, you know, mm. Fred Slick. French you Lick, know better yeah. than that, right? And then, you know, just... Rit and Reggie Miller. Right. And the Pacers, you know, among others. You, know, you got uh, Pike High School, a prominent high school that has a lot of mm -hmm. talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, so Illinois is where it's at, man, when it comes to to basketball. You know, yeah, yeah Chicago is one of the meccas. Obviously, New it York. Is. New York for playground basketball. Might yeah. be the center of the universe, but no, Chicago no, is no, no, is not right no more, there. not no more. I'm at the, I'm at the stop you with that right now. Yeah, where? I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry for my New York, you know, family out there. Um, hey, Southern California is where it's at right now. For the last <laughs> seven years, California as a state has put out the most pros. Period. Just got to tell you that straight up. Southern California is where it's at right now. California mm -hmm. as a state is where it's at. But if you look up the history right now and you look at the league, Southern California is where it's at. It's no better basketball being played in the grassroots and in, in, in the high school than Southern Cal right now. Okay. It's just the reality of it. I, I don't doubt that. I now, the streets, that. you know, said, when you're talking so about Cal Rooker Park and all that kind of stuff and you're talking yeah. about shy, like, you know, the corner, you know, all of that is great. But I'm just saying the last five years, when you look at it, dudes from California, dudes from Southern California, especially. And I'm from the East Coast. Like, I grew up thinking, you know, the West Coast was soft, you know, and playing basketball. That's how I grew up, period. Like, they too pretty. They can't get down. ACC, Big East, that was it for me, right? But I'm here to tell you the last five to seven years, the dudes who are, came out that is going to be pro. It came from Southern California, baby. Hmm. I'm going to have to check the NBA rosters. And check see. it. Check okay. it. All right. This has been a long time debate. I can sit on here and tell you, like, that's real talk right now. Hmm. It's already been checked. Hmm. Okay. Because this uh, West Coast basketball has always been looked at that way. Uh, you know, the champion, the North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and all the Blue Bloods are struggling this year. Kentucky is gone. Duke is gone. Uh, Kansas, they got to get by. They're going to probably be okay. They're going to have a number eight or nine seed, something like that. Um, <clears throat> North Carolina has to get by. So the Blue Bloods are struggling. But if you look at West Coast basketball, yeah, there's great players out here. But it's still the same. If you discount, if you take Gonzaga out of the mix, USC, and who else? <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, here's the deal, like, because Southern Cal, you know, or the West Coast has been all football. Now, lately, right, that's yeah. why we're getting a commissioner change, right, for the Pac-12. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons, because Big Ten and Big 12, right, has kind of taken over, right? Yeah. But it's always been, you know, West Coast college football straight up. 
you know, that's, that's, yeah, been, that's, you know, at, yeah, USC, but then, you, you know, you've got your traditional powers, but SC I mean, has, Oregon was good for a minute. Yeah. The Huskies minute. always been good. I mean, you know, if you think about it, like it's been some prominent things, but you know, to your point, you know, uh, it has had a shift in football, but I just know when we talk about grassroots basketball in, in high school, that's, that's, that's it, man. I, I can't lie about it no more. Well, who's the next big West coast name to come out of grassroots basketball? You know what I'm saying? Cause some of them are integrating to, to the East coast. Like, you know, some of them are leaving like Mikey Williams left and went to the East coast. Like, you know, they moving, it's a little bit more open, but when you're looking at Hoopers, do we look at, the top 25 hoopers in Cali can easily fill up the first 25 spots on the ESPN top 100. Okay. But, but why, why would a, a recruit or somebody who is so prominent right now, like Mikey Williams leave the area to go? Because I mean, you can do anything now with social media, you know, when you got, he got millions of followers. It don't matter. Now you're an influencer. So you can go anywhere. I know, but why? What's his his motivation for not staying here? Why I mean, does he want only, to get out? Only uh, I don't know if you want to get out. I don't think that you can say it like that because the circuits hit both coasts, right? So I don't think it's more that you want to get out. Is this kids can have more flexibility now? Mm. That's that's it. Mm. You know, okay. he wasn't at a big time high school. You know, he was at San Ysidro, you know, right. that's down by the border. Like, come Yeah, on. but yeah, true. But, you know, if you step back and look at it, Dominic Harris took the same kind of route, although he yeah, stayed but, on the West Coast. He didn't yeah, go to but, a huge but it, yeah, but high school was, basketball program. Uh, well, Rancho was top 25 the two years that Dom was there. Yeah, but before that and after that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. you know, and then, you know, of course, he started Pacifica Christian. But, I mean, you always had modern day there. Right, you go up to North Cal, you got Bishop O'Dowd, you got you got you got game. You this California is tough, and I'm not even disrespecting Northern California because SAC and all of that they got it too, you know. So don't get me wrong, you know. But if you think about um, during the summertime, everyone from Vegas on because you got to put Vegas in that mix because Vegas is pretty much, um, you know, the West Coast for basketball in that same corridor, you know, so you got Bishop Gorman, you got, it's, it's everybody migrates to Southern California during the summer to play. That's this period, you know, big organizations like Compton Magic and Dream Vision and, you know, Team Litter and all kinds of stuff, man. It's just, it's crazy when you look at the scene, but you don't get any better smoke than the West Coast and, and, and Cali. So no, no disrespect to Northern Cali because, you know, when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at all of that, you know, so well, you're, you're saying, all the, can hoop. you're saying the balance of power is shifting. Oh, it's shifted already for the last five years. Mm-hmm. For sure. The last five years, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, exactly. it's been, it's been dudes leaving the West coast, you know, including, you know, Vegas and all of that going to East coast schools or whatever the case may be. But yeah. UCLA, USC, I mean, you name it, they over there. I mean, top pick, top one picks. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But, I mean, probably one of the best conferences in all the high school basketball still lies in the DMV area. You know, I'm from Maryland. But one of the best conferences is is the one that has DeMatha and, and, and all of them. That's probably the best conference in the whole United States. Regarding yeah. <clears throat> high school basketball, yeah, high school basketball, oh, Oak Hill Academy, one of those, one of those great traditions. Demathe, Which is though, falling you know, off because Mount Verde is right there too. You know, true, so, that is true. I mean, so they kind of fallen off. And yep, um, does IMG have a prominent basketball program? They do. They in the mix. Yeah, they in the mix. That's an interesting concept, IMG. Um, and, and when they come out here and they play modern day in football, it's all D1s. The entire field is covered with D1s. It's just, it's something great to see. Um, it just is an interesting concept. Now uh, they can't do that no more. One. So it's unfortunate that California put in legislation not allowing schools like IMG to come over and play yeah. us now yeah. because yeah. of money. <laughs> Came down to TV deals, bro. 
That's, that's usually what it, what it comes down to. You know, whatever, so, follow the money in just about anything and yeah. it'll get you to the, uh, to the end result. My goodness. Well, you know, it's been quite an interesting day today talking a, a variety of sports. And uh, our guest today, again, is Taylor Hawkins, who is our assistant athletic director of student life. And uh, Taylor, it's been a delight to have you on. Hopefully somewhere along the line, you can come back. Will you join us for another time? Yes, I had a great time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, the pleasure is ours. And uh, keep an eye out, folks, because we got some great stuff coming up as uh, we're moving into a whole new era of athletics for Westcliff University. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast.